Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the Falcon Heavy to his Elon Musk, Michael Howard. Michael, I can't wait to shoot you into the stars. Mm-hmm, with all 27 of my rockets. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just got so many good rockets on you. So many rockets just all over the place. Kid's got a motor on him. 27 of them. <laughs> 27, to be exact. Now I only have 18, but... We'll get those other. We'll get those other nine. Hey, sometimes your middle part crashes in the ocean. Nothing you can do about that. No big. <laughs> it's deal. okay. My two side parts, perfect. Landed beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just found out, out today that, like, in addition to um, the Tesla Roadster that obviously they launched, mm-hmm. uh, they I, I can find it, but they launched like a disc containing like a lo- some sort of information on like a super rare like super durable like material like it's basically a mini zip disc that will last oh, yeah, for like yeah i saw that but yeah. it's like it's built to last for like millennia yeah why don't they just make the entire plane out of that yeah why don't you make the black box into the plane you know exactly yeah and why don't you make all of my cds out of that material i assume it's because it was like lab created quartz made by laser beams and mm. your CDs. And also people don't use CDs right. anymore. Well, hey, maybe if it was going to last, if, if I knew that it was going to last for like <laughs> millennia, I'd be like, oh yeah, I, I'm going to invest in the durability. So speaking of which, I was going to bring this up later, but uh, we're here. I have a, we did it, huh? I have, a, I, <laughs> I have a, a, a high school Michael story for you finally. Oh, good. Thank God. Okay. Well, lay it okay. on me. So also, we, hey, real quick before you get into that, yeah, yeah, I I just want you to recognize that I didn't open the show like the first six seconds by saying the f word at you really loud because I I listened back to last week and realizing that I just yelled fuck you twice uh-huh. in the first thirty seconds like not a great look, but I, I probably deserved it. I don't really remember, but I assume I deserved it. You brought up Dawson's Creek to me. That's, oh, that's yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But go on, please. I didn't mean to divert. Nine hundred one hundred eight. Yeah, we did it again. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of CDs, we were kind of cleaning up random shit around our house and trying to organize stuff, and we we found a bunch of old CD wallets. Mm-hmm. And so we were going through the CDs and trying to decide which ones we wanted to actually burn um, to keep in our music library. Sure. And which ones just throw away. Well, I opened one of my CD wallets and I found two pieces of paper. Oh, goodness. And I don't know if you can read this. That I believe that says Men in Black. It but- says Men in Black. It is the lyrics to Men in Black. You just printed out the lyrics to no, Men no, in no, Black? No, no, no. I did not print out the lyrics to Men in Black. I rewrote the lyrics to Men in Black? Oh. This was, this was back in the day, Kush, before you could just go on the interwebs and find out lyrics to songs. So you hand wrote i spent an entire weekend with a friend of mine handwriting the wholesome lyrics of will smith listening listening and watching to the will smith men in black video and figuring out all of the lyrics and the dance and the dance and the dance good is so i could sing and dance it is there video inscribed into a quartz like crystal (laughs) that flying around the sun right now the funny thing is, I think there is a video, or there was a video at some point, but it is not, it, it is not, it was not small enough, I guess, to put in my CD wallet. I insist that you fucking find that video. Also, Michael, real quick, having, I assume you reread through the lyrics, um, are there any portions, like, underlined or highlighted that, like, just, like, lyrics that, from that seminal classic hit of Will Smith that you just really like? Any lines um, that just stand out to you? <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't highlight any, but there was a couple blanks that I had to like go through and, and rewrite, which was which was interesting. Like, but this uh, week, I even I even had the the clap claps <laughs> and the and the mm, you know and all the Will Smithisms in did, there. Did you put them in brackets so they people know when people yeah, find you, this in a hundred years, <laughs> handwritten? Yes. Good. <laughs> you have to. What was it about Men in Black that made you and a friend? You and a friend spent a weekend, yeah. a friend activity, yeah. transcribing the good works of Will Smith. Um, so there's two things. I was a big Will Smith fan. Sure, we all were. Yeah, uh, getting jiggy with it. The other thing was that I love aliens. We've talked about this before. Like, I want aliens to exist so badly. Sure. And so when the movie Men in Black came out, like, that, that was, like, my dream pairing. Will Smith and aliens. 
I think you're look if you're looking it up, it's like ninety what like ninety seven, ninety six. Uh, I'm not looking it up, but I believe oh. that is about right. Um, so yeah, it was basically my 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 dream pairing, uh, and I really I wanted to be a, a man in black. So yeah, ninety seven. So I wanted I'm, to be a man in black so bad. You just wanted to be a galaxy defender. Exactly. Could you handle all of your loved ones having their memories erased and never knowing your face again? If I got to like hang out with aliens though, and and like have a talking dog named Frank, faux show. Yeah, but it has to be a pug. <sighs> Fine. Sorry to our listeners in Tampa who have pugs. <laughs> <laughs> can it be a Bonnie? Yeah, you can have Bonnie. She's basically an alien. I'm not convinced she's not an alien anyway. But mm-hmm. well, Michael. Yeah. Okay. That's. That's a pretty good Michael Howard story, and I appreciate you finally sharing something about your your youth. Yeah, it just apparently I can only remember things if I have tangible evidence that it happened. Yeah, that just that does remind me of the time that you uh, saw Interstellar and then stayed <laughs> up till like four in the morning writing like a nine page Google Doc, like stream of consciousness, just like about the nature of the universe and. I feel like that should actually... I'm going to need you to send that to me because I'm going to publish that in <laughs> in full on the blog. You know, that's probably still one of the best things I've ever written in my life, so... I remember you sent it to me, and I couldn't tell if it was brilliant or just, like, the fevered <laughs> ramblings of a syphilitic brain. <laughs> it probably alternated between both of those things, but probably... More towards the syphilitic brain. Like, I was definitely, like, I felt like a caveman who was watching another caveman discover writing for the first time. Like, and you were definitely writing in your own poop. But, like, it to you, it was probably brilliant. To me, I just, I didn't know what the, you were just playing with poop on the walls. Yeah, um, it really shows you the dangers of uh, smoking and watching Interstellar. Yeah. You shouldn't you shouldn't watch Interstellar for the first time on weed. It's a bad idea. Don't drink and drive. Exactly. <laughs> Don't smoke and watch Christopher Nolan movies. It's just it's <laughs> not a, not a good time. Well, Michael, what do you got for me this week, bud? Um, well, the first thing is that I'm a little worried. Poor KY. So, we we talked a couple episodes ago about this um Chinese space station that is completely uncontrolled and going to crash towards Earth at some point. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to happen. They're they're saying now it's going to happen sometime in March. Okay. Well, I happened across a a map, an orbital flight plan. Yeah, a map of the uh, what they're calling the high probability zones and the low probability zones, and I'm dead center. Chicago is dead center in a high probability zone, <laughs> and I have a I have a roof deck. Yeah, a roof deck with no hot tub. Exactly. Which, you know what, uh, might help catch some of the debris falling from space. So I'm worried. I'm worried that, one, I'm going to get hit by space debris and die. But I'm also kind of looking forward to maybe getting some cool space debris. Yeah, I think the the big problem with space debris is that it's not covered by insurance. Mm. I'm pretty sure that is considered an act of God, even though it is actually an act of the Chinese government. Um (sighs) Are you sure it's not covered? <laughs> well, d- did I tell you about? I, I can't remember if I talked about it on this show the um, student insurance policy I was made to sign in fourth grade. The student insurance policy well, I, that I, you signed as a fourth grader. Actually, I don't know if I was. I don't think I signed it, but um, I remember distinctly remember reading it, and it like there. I was bored in class, so I was reading through this thing that we were supposed to bring to home to our parents, but it was, like, basically a student, like, injury insurance policy. And some one of the provisos in, like, a subsection was, like, does not cover injuries sustained while in a spacecraft or any experimental <laughs> aircraft. I do remember you <laughs> yeah. telling me Okay. <laughs> well, you, I mean, we went to school in Florida. You weren't that far from Cape Canaveral. The, there was the whole... Uh, we had, I had just seen Space Camp. Right, is there a space camp movie? Like they don't know if you're gonna fucking put your stupid fourth grade self in a. It's not out of the space re- capsule. Not out of the realm of possibility that I would go to space camp, befriend a robot, tell the robot how badly I wanted to go to space, and then for somehow I like switched up my flight simulator for the actual space shuttle, and the robot felt so bad for me and my friends that he actually just sent me to space. Not out of the question for sure. That movie was actually very unrealistic. What? Yeah, I mean, like, a robot sending you to space? That's fucking... That's just far-fetched. Yeah, could never happen. They can only open doors. That's it. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, but I can do that. I can open doors. Fuck that robot. <laughs> Uh, you'll be happy to know that uh, falling objects, including satellites, asteroids, meteors, and space debris, are covered under sta- standard homeowners' policies. So, interesting. I'm safe. I'm safe. By the way, can we talk about the fucking banger of a cast that Space Camp has? What? Like, okay, so in it, Kelly Preston, Leah Thompson, Larry wow. B. Scott, who was kind of a bigger star at the time, Jokin Phoenix was in it as what. Th- as the fucking robot. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Um, oh. He was Max. Um, Tom Skerritt, Tate Donovan was in it. He has the best line of the movie. Um, yeah, like, just a fucking banger of a cast. I mean, it's a it's a legit good kids movie. Yeah. I'm actually kind of... I have no idea if it is. I have probably not seen it since 1986 when it came out. I believe it was a good one, uh, mostly for Tate Donovan yelling no survivors when he crashes the simulator. <laughs> it is weird, though. It was a focus on the family, like, feature film, which I don't know if if your church ever, Wait, like... Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, I focus on the family like the James Dobson bullshit? Exactly. And I don't know why a movie that sent kids to space and encouraged discovery and, like, education was a focus on the family film but also uh, why was leah thompson and kelly preston in it listen listen man i think it was just distributed by i think there was an edit which mm. shit what did i miss in that movie now oh, that i'm realizing you just got it. an edited version of it oh man oh they cut out all the sex probably you didn't know about any of the sex did you was there just like a a zero g sex scene in that movie yeah there's like 25 minutes of just everyone in the in the entire space camp crew just like going to town just going to town and jinx the robot is just watching (laughs) wide-eyed he's actually masturbating in a corner michael he's a robot please exactly well all right what were we talking about we had we were onto something (laughs) we were talking about the space shuttle oh yeah or the uh, space station that's gonna kill me and or make me rich yeah um so give me that hit me that that flight path where's it gonna go um so basically, uh, there's two two main areas of probability that are bands. If you're looking at a, uh, I don't know what kind of projection this is, a Mercator projection of the of the map. Sure. Here, um, I'll send you a quick link of the map. But uh, there's two bands. One kind of runs over the center of the United States, with uh, basically with Chicago being in the middle of it, and and kind of Northern California, Southern Portland or Southern Oregon on the other side, and then across kind of. Uh, like Greece, Spain, and then the other one kind of goes the southern tip of Australia all the way through the like South America, Argentina area. So the yellow band is where it's most likely to land. That's most likely. Green is is the low probability. Uh, blue is no probability because it doesn't fly over there. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like smack in the middle. I mean, it's still a very large band that covers the entire Earth. Sure. And it's pretty wide, but that's. Mm. Better I mean, odds than I expected. Yeah, yeah, it definitely cuts across a lot of landmass. Whereas most of the most of the green zone is is ocean, that good yeah. that good water. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, hey buddy, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be a shame for this show to end with <laughs> tragic headline that I have to read. Unless it happened while we were recording. That's actually the best case yeah, scenario. That's, that's basically you're guaranteed to rocket to stardom. Man, we'll we'll rock it up to two, three hundred listens. Oh, <laughs> uh, so um, aside from that, you know, I, things are going okay. What are, what do you got? I got nothing, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling loose. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, I don't know. I got nothing I got... right now. <laughs> well, uh, you know what we should talk about then? We should talk about the the business prowess. Of a one Hulk Hogan. Oh, the Hulkster. Yeah, his his business acumen. The Mustard Menace. That's the name I just made up for him because he wore yellow. <laughs> I don't know if that was his name. <laughs> the Mustard Menace. That should have been a name for him. Ah, uh, yeah. Randy Macho Man Savage and the Mustard Menace. It's a hell of a duo. Is it mustard like the condiment or mustard like? Oh man, he really mustered up some strength there. The, the condiment, yeah. Just, okay. Yeah, just the condiment. The, just, the color? Yeah, just French's yellow. <laughs> so, but, not, but not French's, because fuck you, freedom yellow. Sorry. Somebody, uh, when I was in the shop last week, somebody t- was trying to tell us that 
the best cutting fluid to use on stainless steel is just French's yellow mustard. Well, Michael, have you haven't you ever heard the phrase "cut the mustard"? Yeah, but not cut with the mustard. Michael, that's where the phrase originates. Cut the mustard. Because you have to cut the mustard to cut the steel. Also, how can I not remember the phrase cut the mustard? Because I'm pretty sure for like a good year and a half, every time I heard the word mustard, I saw a picture of Oded with a knife holding a jar of mustard. Just yelling, just cut, saying, just cut, yelling the mustard. cut the mustard. Yeah. Also, I don't actually know if that's where the phrase originates. <laughs> it's not because I don't think it's cut the mustard. I think it's cut the mustard. Yeah, it's cut the mustard. I don't believe you. Well, fact check, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Ah, you're right. Yeah. Where is the origin, though? Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, we've gone off the rails. (laughs) Big time. Mustard seed, which is hard to cut with a knife on account of it being small and and shiny. For some reason, shiny makes it harder to cut. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, Michael. Sorry. Uh, Anyways, our mustard avenger... Menace. Um, you've heard of the. Hold George on, actually, Foreman. one second yeah. before we get into this. Uh, from the the uh, the site I found about cut the mustard. Quote: This is one of the most contested of all phrases. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's simply a could be simply a mistaken version of the military military expression "cut the mustard," See? which is the calling of together of soldiers, sailors, or prisoners to parade for inspection, and to cut mustard would be to leave it or pass yeah. it. See, the line of the line of thought appears to have been influenced by the confusion with the term pass muster. Yep. Which could be argued uh, to be the opposite of that. Or you have to slather steel with mustard Mm -hmm. and then cut it. It's the only way. Everyone knows that. Every yeah, everyone knows. Yeah, it's weird. I missed that day in class, Mm -hmm. mostly because I didn't go to much class. Someone wasn't an AP English student, clearly. (gasps) Anyway, Michael George Foreman. (laughs) So. You know about the George the George Foreman grill, the lean, mean, fat fighting grilling machine or whatever the fuck it was called? Yeah, that thing that I just let rot with like leftover fat every time I cook in it. Sure. Yeah, I mean you don't have to clean it, right? Uh isn't it self cleaning? I think that's one of the features. Yeah, in my experience, no, it gets all crustabled. <laughs> yeah, but then as soon as you turn it on, it heats it all back up and then it's it's healthy again. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so George Foreman, uh, basically an empire with the George Foreman grill. He's made he personally has made two hundred about two hundred million dollars in profit Damn, on player. this thing. All right. Well, apparently the first person to be offered the grilling machine was Hulk Hogan. Really? Yeah, and he turned it down. Um, can I say that? Thank God. Can I say that? Because like. I would not buy a Hulk Hogan cooking implement. Right? Like, especially one but that I... like, w- George Foreman was like a fat heavyweight dude. Yeah. but like, Why he would did... you buy something from him instead? Because he didn't have, like, stringy, terrible yellow hair. Also, he didn't star in Suburban Commando. <laughs> and Mr. Nanny. <laughs> and, well, yeah. For some reason, the only... I think the only Hulk Hogan movie I ever saw was Suburban Commando. <laughs> Or maybe I just remember it because it's the pinnacle of his career because mm-hmm. he had a cup that lit up when people kicked him in it. <laughs> you know. And to a nine-year-old, that was like the height of hilarity. You know, this this conversation is probably driving our good friend and other good buddy, Curtis Perry, just bonkers right Massively now. Massively insane. Yeah. Because he is a big WWF at the time fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he could probably tell us so much about Hulk Hogan and... And wrestling, and unfortunately, he didn't join us this week. Yeah, he picked the wrong week, actually, which mm-hmm. is, oh, man, bummer summer. Mm-hmm. You screwed it up. Anyway, so, yeah, they offered it to Hulk Hogan, um, and they offered it, he didn't just turn it down out of nothing, you know, they offered him a couple different options. They offered him a, uh, something called the Hogan Hulk Hogan Thunder Mixer. <laughs> the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and, okay okay again that sounds like just a gross implement like what the fuck no there's no way i would buy so that. i actually i actually found a picture of that one um i send it to you it just looks like like basically the nutribullet or the ninja or whatever they call it now it's just a but like the like 90s a, version of the nutribullet yeah it's like a so. 90s version and the the picture this is gas powered <laughs> The picture is just Hulk Hogan in like the stupidest pose you've ever seen, and it's just red and mustard yellow all over it. Yeah, 
I think and that's the I think that's the issue with Hulk Hogan. It's his brand colors. I would mm. never buy anything in that like garish like Slim Jim colors. Like like George Foreman, he can be whatever he needs to be to sell a fucking like grill. Hulk Hogan can't. True. Yeah, it has to be bright yellow, bright red, and shitty is all fuck. <laughs> and it has to have a terrible like Fu Manchu mustache yeah. on everything he sells. Also weird balls. Uh, yeah, so... Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? You can't... He has weird balls? Yeah, man. Don't act like you didn't read the Gawker articles. Um, yeah, okay, so his Thunder Mixer, which was weird after I just said... Uh, <laughs> talked about his balls. Um, it does just look like a... Ooh, 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 ooh. Name of his sex tape. <laughs> it oh. does just look like the uh, Swedish-made penis enlarger from Austin <laughs> Powers. God, please do not get those two confused. Although, can I say this? Huh. Other than the box in which it arrives at your house, pretty understated for a Hulk Hogan product. It just looks yeah. like a regular measuring cup. The the product itself is fine. The box is like, clearly they already had the product. They just wanted this was back in like what the eight the nineties, early nineties, where basically you had anyone endorse anything. Right. Um I'm a little disappointed that nowhere on the box that I can see does it say brother. Like, nowhere. <laughs> Which seems like a lost opportunity. Yeah. Maybe that was before his uh, his brother. Time. I, don't, I don't know if Maybe he had a different catchphrase before, before then. He was just like, Grandma. Okay, so that was the first thing they offered him. <laughs> grandma, Grandma. <laughs> the other thing... <laughs> the other thing they, they offered him that they claim that was actually made, but I could not find anything. I tried to find an artist to do an artist rendering of this thing. Um... Because all I have is a description, but this who is, is the, who is they? By the way, um, this company is called. Uh, it used to be called Sultan. It's now Spectrum Brands. Okay, but basically they make a lot of these types of things, mixers and kitchen apparatuses and stuff like that. And sure. so this was a time I guess they were just trying to get everything sponsored because um, they thought it would sell better, and it probably did, except for everything that Hulk Hogan has ever made. Or right. being associated with. But this is the conversation that uh, Hulk Hogan and his agent had. This is from an interview that Hulk gave in 2011. And he claims this is how the conversation went. Agent, you should get into these things. Kitchen appliances. Put your name on something. Hulk, well, what have you got? Or sorry, do I have to... Well, what do you got? Yeah, there we go. Agent, thank you. Well, I've got this meatball maker. It pounds the meatballs when you clench arm muscles and press fists together. That's fantastic. I want a Hulk medium meatball maker. Yeah. Oh, that was kind of like Randy Savage. Yeah, it's okay. I think you can mix. It's okay. What about the other thing? The grill. Ah, give that to your other client, brother. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. You're killing it. Yeah, so it was a Hulk medium meatball maker. That pounds meatballs when you clench arm muscles and press fists together. Okay. So, you sent me this article. I don't... There's no pictures of this thing. No, there's no pictures and I could not find it. I scoured the internet all day today. That's all I did. Okay. So, what I'm envisioning is... You know how, like... I mean, I, I am sure they still exist. You know how, like, toys had, like, you know, punching action. Like, you just pulled the switch on the thing. So, this is a tool in which you have to load a spoonful of meat mm-hmm. into something. And then you get to push a button on a device that looks like Hulk Hogan's muscly ripped arms <laughs> and press it down. And he forms a meatball for you with his super muscly, strong mm-hmm. arms. Yes. And then you then you unclench that. Mm-hmm. Un- depress the button and you take the meatball out and put it. So this is for the wrestling fan who's too afraid to touch meat with their bare hands, but also so in love with the thought of manly, <laughs> manly Terry Bollea clenching meatballs in his fists that they can then put in their mouth. Yeah, they want. Who is the market Hulk for Hogan, this device? They want Hulk Hogan to ma- handle their balls. Right. <laughs> First. Um, here's the thing. Just completely separate from Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Who the fuck thought there was a market for a meatball maker? Like, how hard is it to make... Like, a ball is the most naturally occurring 
like way for this type of substance to be in. So I know a couple people who like just don't like the feel of meat. Like then what, like, use fucking saran wrap. Well, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I like what I was saying is like I know a couple people who like they don't like the feel of raw meat, but they um, like the feel of Hulk Hogan's manly fist. Well, that's yeah, that's touching what I was the getting. raw meat. None of it. Like the people I know who don't like the the touch and like texture of raw meat. Are also the same people, like, the people who would never in 1,000 fucking years be interested in anything that Hulk Hogan has to sell them. Like, that quartz crystal that Elon Musk shot into uh, into the orbit around the sun will will die before they want to buy anything endorsed by <laughs> Terry Bollea. So, while looking for, uh, <laughs> while looking for these, these, this meatball maker, I wanted to see what it looked like. So bad. And I could not. I can find a bunch of like newer meatball makers that are basically just silicon ball things that you put meat in. It's like the stupid sandwich makers. Well, OK, so I did find one that is just like <gasps> a double. It's it's not the t- it's not the the uh, Hulk one, <sighs> but it's it it's like a pair of scissors. But instead of blades, it has like two arms with like cups on it. So kind of like a and, melon baller. And now I'm just envisioning like a Hulk Hogan like. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Scissor arm uh, <laughs> that you can just grab balls of meat with and uh. and then you're just boop, boop, boop. it's not like a because when you originally posited this to me, I was just envisioning a massive machine with just like arms and biceps that you would like put meat into a little cup and it would just <laughs> clap them together. I think if it was more of like a salad tosser. Oh, God, I did it again. Oh. Situation. <laughs> It might be a little more conducive. <laughs> so this this led me to a Food Network article from Food Network Canada, actually, where they went through the 14 of the worst celebrity endorsed products. Yeah. And you're not going to guess this, but Hulk Hogan, out of the 14, he's two of them. And, one, and out of those two, neither one is the meatball maker or the... Um, Nutribullet Hulkamania mixer Thunder mixer Sorry the Thunderdown Under mixer How many bad choices Did he make <laughs> What else did Here's he do badly Here's the thing I'm not sure If he was making Bad decisions Or if he's just Such a bad character That like No matter what He had been selling If it had Would have worked I mean it's probably both um, Also by the way I'm looking now I'm trying to I'm trying to search for The Hulk meatball maker did he make his own like George Foreman copycat after yes. the fact? What a yeah, like is. apparently like ten years ago. Too. <laughs> like, Hogan, Hogan girl's best, Hulk Hogan's ultimate girl. What a dick mouth. So I don't know if you remember Hulk Hogan's pasta mania. Uh, no, Michael, I don't actually. <laughs> really? In 1995, he tried to start a restaurant in Minneapolis's Mall of America that was called Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania. Uh, and I can't imagine why no one would want to go and eat there when this was greeting them. Oh, Pasta Mania, good <laughs> lord. The thing is, the pasta looks like his hair. Right, like, so that's probably why they thought it was a natural thing. Yeah. Angel hair pasta. <laughs> Just Hulk hair pasta. The menu featured such delicacies as Hulkus. Which I don't know what that is supposed to be. And Hulkaroos. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> Hulkaroos? What is that? What is that? It closed down less than a year after it opened. Huh. Yeah, that, that checks out. Have you, Michael, you're from Tampa. Have you been mm-hmm. to, uh, I guess it's rebranded now, but have you been to the Hogan's Beach Bar? Uh, I actually have been to the Hogan's Beach Bar. So I went there with some coworkers one time. And um, so Hulk was, apparently Hulk shows up every once in a while, but, uh, or he used to before. You know, everything. Um, but uh, Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South, was there as like the hype man for the bar. He was there. He's there like every night, apparently. And uh, I lied to him and told him it was my coworker's birthday. And uh, he called my friend Brian up there and uh, they had a nice time. It was yeah, literally so my, my coworker, Brian, is I've never seen him show emotion in my life until Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South, called him up and said, happy birthday. He smiled one time and shook his hand. It was the happiest I've ever seen him. <laughs> yeah, it used to be called something that that restaurant's been there forever. It used to be called something else before it was Hogan's Beach Bar. I can't remember, but I have. I was just looking at the pictures. I haven't been to Hogan's Beach Bar. What I was thinking of 
is that last time I was at Clearwater Beach, I walked by a restaurant. It was like this tiny little hole in the restaurant. Uh, hole in the restaurant, huh? Hole in the wall, hole in the restaurant, hole in the wall restaurant, and we were walking past the window, and I looked over, and there was Hulk Hogan just eating, just hanging out, huh? So I haven't seen, I haven't been to Hogan's Beach Bar, but I have seen Hogan eating at a beach bar, which is kind of the same thing. Yeah, basically the same. Um, you want to hear any of these other terrible? Yeah, just rattle them off. I, I just want to know Hulk Hogan's Hulkster cheeseburgers. Jesus. Steven Seagal's lightning boat bolt, which is what? an energy drink. <laughs> Smokey see. Robinson's down home pot roast. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, there's a couple of uh, I like Mr. The T cereal. Just... Yeah, it was basically just corn pops with Mr. T on the front. Yeah, that checks out. But like the cartoon Mr. T, not the not the uh, live action Mr. T. Right, of course. Uh, Heidi Klum fruit flirtations, which are basically just gummies. Just fruit roll-ups. Uh, <laughs> this one's my favorite. <laughs> Dude, all right, buddy. Dwight Yoakam's takeums, <laughs> which are <laughs> this particular one is a macaroni mouth poppers, which are macaroni and cheddar cheese sauce in a crispy coating. They're basically fried mac and cheese, but. I love the Dwight Yoakam's It's weird that Dwight, I mean, that sounds f- kind of fresh as hell, and I want mm-hmm. one. It is it is weird that Dwight Yoakam is the... Which, by the way, shit. Hey, another uh, Michael Cushing uh, high school tie. Uh, a woman who worked at my school was Dwight Yoakam's sister. <laughs> sure, of course. I bet, she, I bet she was up to her neck in these delicious mac and cheese balls. Mm. He also had Takeum's Little Riblets and Chicken Lickin's Chicken Fries. So he was just ahead of his time. It's just, I think, yeah, I think he just missed, like, the stoner, like, frozen food jam by, like, I think if he had been a little closer to, uh, like, pizza rolls or bagel bites, mm. he would have been fine. He should have actually just gotten a job at Taco Bell Test Kitchen. Yeah. Uh, cooking with Coolio. Jesus. Is a cookbook. That's a good one. Uh, and then <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> and then Mike, the Situation Sorrentino's signature oh, series, the protein pop- infused vodka. Nope. This is a, these are popsicles from the Sugar Factory, or not popsicles. Uh, what do you call those things? They're just like lollipops. The Situation popsicles? lollipop. Oh, just lollipops. <laughs> just I a mean, lollipop. Twenty five dollars for a lollipop. I mean, she, well, he did have protein infused vodka, which is seems like the dumbest. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I think I think I've talked about Hulk Hogan and his yeah I think it's terrible bond. Yeah, long enough. What what else do you have for me, buddy? Um, <laughs> and that's time. <laughs> <laughs> I can read you the lyrics if you want to keep going. By the way, the way they spell Yanawamin in uh, <laughs> in the lyrics for this video are pretty fucking buck wild. If I can, if I can be honest with you. So, um, I would like you to know that I was I was so worried about getting this right that after I typed them up, I realized some errors and I actually went back and corrected it. Oh, good. Okay, what, for posterity. What which fact errors did you get? Well, it's just. He says, with the quickness, mm-hmm. talk with the witnesses, and I wrote quickest. Oh, you fool. Yeah, so, uh, and I put good guys dressed in black, remember that, but he says, the good guys dressed in black. I left off the article on Very that, important. that one there, which is... Very British super, of you to leave off the article, super but important. pretty yeah. inaccurate, all things considered. Yeah, so... Um, I, I do admire your factual, consi- like, your... Your dedication to getting Will Smith's lyrics right. Um. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the most dedication I showed to anything in high school. So. Yeah. It. It. Checks um. Out. How did you spell? You know what I mean. Ooh. Let me. Uh, let me get back here. Mm. I don't about know. A, about one thirty-six. <laughs> I don't have. So I don't have timestamps on here. Uh. It's. It's right after "Do What We Say." That's the way we kick it. Uh. Right before the noisy cricket. Oh, see, I got I got that wrong. I didn't put yeah, mean. For you some wanna... reason, I thought it said yeah, me. Uh, yeah, no, it's well, 
The spelling that they have in the lyric video that I found is uh, Y-A-N-A-H-I-M-E-A-N. You know him, man? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. Which, let, I mean. First, last, and only line of defense, so it's the worst scum of the universe. Hold on, let's, let's go to the so tape. So don't fear us, jeer us. Let's you go to the tape real quick. Us, don't fear, fear us. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, that's, 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 that is actually how mm. I would spell that, so. Sorry, hold on one second. I just. Yeah, please to, take a note. I need to make a quick note. Yeah, edit, here. edit yourself for posterity. Yeah, because I'm going to keep this for. Ever. Yeah, how did it was the N A N A N A N S bananas? B A N A S, yes. Y A N A H I M E E N. Yeah, yeah, E A N. Okay, got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Michael, this is the dumbest thing we've ever recorded, and that is actually saying a lot. What do you got for me, buddy? Uh, let's. I'm gonna just gonna keep. The problem is you're letting me drive the train. Yeah, I did it last week. Yeah, but I can't be trusted. This is what happens when I drive the train. Well, the thing is, I am actively encouraging you to press the throttle forward, so <laughs> it, it's also on me. So, hey, you see that curve that says 30 miles an hour? Gun it, gun it. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the time that um, <laughs> Heineken had to admit in a court of law that. Corona does not contain urine. Does not. Does not contain urine. They had to admit that? They had to admit that it doesn't contain urine. Like, non, not proudly admit. <laughs> no, because apparently there was a rumor started. Um, well, because of the taste. Yeah, no. There was a, The reason that people call it Mexican piss water is because of this. Because Heineken, apparently when Corona started to become kind of a big thing among... Um, you know, California surfers and stuff like that, because it was, you know, it's a light beer. It was a Michael, Mexican beer. Michael, I've huh. seen Fast and the Furious. Exactly. You get it. You get why Paul Walker was drinking Corona. Uh, Vin is the one who drinks Corona. What with Paul Walker? But Vin is the one who drives the ship on that. Michael, you can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've never seen the movies. <laughs> I'm just saying I was I was pointing out that he's that Paul Walker is the surfer dude, the California surfer dude, and which is why he likes the Corona. Michael, you're really look you're reading a lot into Paul Walker's look and vibe. In, exactly. Yes. They never said he's a surfer. He's a he's a driver. Do you see the shorts he is wearing in That's just Fast the style. in the Furious 2? Too That's fast, just the style. too furious. At what? No, at no that was just because they were Making uh, they were explicitly stealing from Point Break. <laughs> exactly. But at no point do they say that Paul Walker serves. Only because they didn't want to make it sound too much like Point Break, but it's clearly just Point Break. Wink. Anywho. I'm just saying, check your source material before you come at me like that. Anyways, so apparently back in the day, in the 80s, Heineken was the number one imported beer in the United States. Wait, we were talking about Heineken, not Corona? Whoops. No, we were talking about <laughs> Heineken and Corona. Okay, thank God. Okay. Yeah. So Heineken was the number one beer, but then... Man, Americans have bad taste in beer. The worst taste. Heineken but sucks anyways, my butt. Like, and, and Heineken had been over here in the United States for a long time. They were number right. one. Corona only got here in 1979, and basically by 1986 or 87, they were... Nipping at Heineken's heels. Mm-hmm. Heineken was very upset about this. And so, but then unexpectedly, some stores refused to sell Corona anymore and sales started plum- plummeting. And um, people had turned against Corona because of the P. Because Heineken had released or had basically had this uh, rumor going that the workers were peeing in the bottles of Mexico or of a. Uh, Corona. Corona, sure. Before it was imported to the United States, and they were basically drinking. It's weird urine. because of of those beers, Heineken tastes more like pee. Or to I what I agree. imagine pee tastes like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Allegedly. Sure, nice. You nice save. Again, nice you save. can't prove it in a court of law. <laughs> Apparently in some towns, sales were down by almost 80% of Corona. Although here's the thing, if... If there was a town where like 80% of the people stopped drinking Corona, what did they think of the people who didn't stop drinking Corona? Right. 
It's like, fuck it, I like it. I like, like did the they just not tell them that they were like, they heard this rumor that it was pee and they didn't tell anyone, they didn't tell their friends that were still drinking or they were just like, yeah, it has pee. And the guys were like, yeah, I know. That's why I drink it. I didn't drink it before, but now I do. I, I like the taste. I like the flavor, which is the same thing. And I can get it cheap. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, they uh, Corona started investigating why they were why their sales were basically plummeting. And they found out that um, there was this rumor and they traced the rumor back to uh, the Nevada based distributor of Heineken. Interesting. And they sued them for damages and uh, they won. And so in a court of law, they they sued Heineken and Heineken had to basically say that, yes, uh, they, there they is settled. no. They so settled. Heineken had to admit that there is no P in Corona. Right. They they settled and they basically had to say, "We're sorry, we started this rumor. Corona doesn't contain P." <laughs> so <laughs> it's always funny to me how like those rumors get started. Um, so you know, like that old urban legend that like Rod Stewart had to have like a gallon of semen pumped out of his stomach. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was just like a like sting back in the day which just like couldn't stand rod stewart like chomping his flavor it was just like you know who had just a ton of semen in his tummy rod it's my boy rod it's like i don't know how like how those rumors get started how, like the uh the gerbil and michael douglas not right my no or richard richard Gere, Gere. i mean that just happened like <laughs> obviously but like it has to be someone with like the means and motive to start because like those things can't like in the eighties. Uh, a rumor like that couldn't happen organically, at the same time, like in multiple places. They get the the legs you need, Michael. You know how how long and hard I've been trying to get tuna restless into the for common sure. lexicon for sure. And we have an internet presence, right? You can't just do it. No, you definitely need you need multiple agents in multiple you, places. You need mean means mm-hmm. motive opportunity. Mm-hmm. Someone wanted to take Rod Stewart down with this terrible terrible mm-hmm. rumor. Mm-hmm. I hit probably a rumor, maybe not. Who knows? Time will tell. It's um, probably sting, right? I, I like, yeah, like it probably sting, and it's probably it probably was Sting's semen. If from what I know about Sting's lovemaking abilities, you you just think that the time would allow him to build up a gallon and then just flood Rod Stewart with. <laughs> <laughs> I assume I'm not a doctor. I gotta be honest with you, since it was in the tummy, like, I feel like Rod Stewart's jaw would have given it. We gotta stop this one. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, 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 that's not what I was, that's not what I was saying. Oh, what were you saying? I was just saying that Sting had somehow tricked his buddy, Rod Stewart, into just drinking a lot of cum. <laughs> how, do you, how do you trick someone into that? Look, I don't know. I don't know. I was implying that he made up a rumor that Rod Stewart did this. You're implying that it actually happened. <laughs> and that it was his semen. And that somehow Rod Stewart was either gullible enough or willing enough to go along with just chugging. He did the gallon challenge with Sting Seed. Is what you're going for here. <laughs> oh, shit. That's the next Tide Pod challenge, I assume. The Sting Challenge? <laughs> Can you withstand his tantric torrent? Can, can you can you hold back the tides of Sting? You know how when you start a new job and they just throw you right into the fire and you have to learn a lot of stuff and they say it's like drinking from a fire hose? <laughs> That's what, that's what being Sting's assistant is like, too. Gee, man, I haven't started a new job in, like, <laughs> six years. <laughs> well, probably a good reason for that. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not prepared, clearly. I'm going to have to cut out, like, all of this. No, dude, that's all staying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. Um, P? Probably? It was, it was Heineken P. Uh, Heineken P, yes. Oh, um, so you got you got anything for me, or you want to well, let me real keep quick, driving the ship? Quick one, and then we can jump into. I'm gonna invent a conspiracy theory, but I'm pretty sure it's right. Oh, if you're okay with it, yeah. I mean, if I, if I can borrow the the trends in low places airwaves to 
spread misinformation, which I've I've never done on this show before. Yeah, I haven't done it willingly. Just speaking historically, I've never just stated that insects are not in the animal kingdom <laughs> or that penises have bones, you know, nothing. or that Rod Stewart drank a gallon of Sting's semen. I think you said that actually. <laughs> <laughs> we can check the date, but that was on you. Um, okay, so real quick, Michael, we've talked about the world of high fashion before on this uh-huh. this program. Um and how and in you, tune with it we are. Right. We're just so hip to it. Mm. Um, well, you know, Michael, normally I, I look at the world of fashion and I see people in, you know, clear plastic jeans or some other dumb shit that we've talked about that I forget. Um, and I'm like, hey, fashion, what are you doing? What? Who mm-hmm. is this for? Mm-hmm. And then and then I see a show from the swimmer brand Chromat. And I get it. I see. I see a brand that finally gets it. Chromat. They show, they show a nice, diverse group of models. You know, they they have very fashion forward clothes, and they um they build flaming hot Cheetos directly into all their clothing lines. <laughs> and I see a. I see that, and I'm like, hey, now there's a brand that's ready for the new millennium, and. Did you say it's a swimwear company? It's a swimwear company. I think you can tell, Michael, by the um, the the nice lady wearing the bikini top, very fashionable, um, and then uh, the skin tight capris, uh, oh, equipped yes. with yes, between two and four uh, parachute cord like Cheeto bandoliers on her on her legs. <laughs> Ooh, you know, so for when you're at the beach and in the water, like frolicking around with the dolphins, and then you're like, "Oh, good thing I have my Cheetos out here in the middle of the ocean." You They're know, strapped what? to my legs. When you were describing that, I thought that you and you meant that they had literally taken actual flaming hot Cheetos and no. sewn them into the fabric of the clothes. No, 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 no. you misunderstood. I was like, they, they will get very soggy, Kush. That is not a good use of swimwear. They they made they made very fashion forward swimwear mm. equipped to hold your your snack size bag of flaming that makes hot Cheetos way more sense. when you're at the beach. And yeah. literally every I believe every piece of swimwear here has some sort of device to hold and and contain your Cheetos, which mm. Again, very forward thinking. It really like, like these guys. It's not too, it's not too hard on the Cheetos either, because you wouldn't want to smash them. It provides a lot of like very comfortable support. Yeah, to your your snacks. Mm. And again, but no it's way to right- get them into your mouth without it. Does it does it function as like a a rag? And like I guess it's Cheeto colored, so you can just wipe your hands right on that. Oh man, it's huh? Cheeto colored. Wipe your hands right down yourself, and then jump in the ocean. Hmm. You just wash it your your shame right off of you, and again, it's it's right at hip level. You have this like webbing. You, you have Cheetos webbing just on your hip. It's just a little like snack holster. You That's just, perfect. You just dive in there, throw some Cheetos in your mouth, wipe your hands, dive in the ocean, in the wo- in the ocean, in the ocean. <laughs> um. Hmm. By the way, my sister did send me a picture of uh, Oscar Isaac, who plays Poe Dameron in in Star Wars and many other fine roles. Um. Eating Cheetos with uh, chopsticks in his in his kitchen, and in, I, I wish I had remembered that when we were talking about it because it's pretty much perfection for what we were talking uh, about last week. Yeah, that's great. That's see, see, but I don't think I could. You can't, you can't quickly go to to the chopsticks from not the chopsticks. Right, right. Like, I need there's got to be a middle ground. Yeah, there's got to be a middle ground there. Like, like maybe one of those. Oh, you know those uh, dog treat things that like move around and then you can press a button and it shoots a dog treat out yeah yeah i need one of those but for cheetos to shoot it into my mouth and that's actually a pretty great product because like one of my favorite things is having a friend or loved one throw a cheeto or any snack into my mouth from across the room like yeah no if if someone could make a like a prosciutto catapult that i could like just set to shoot prosciutto into my mouth then you don't even need friends anymore. Yeah, then I don't even need friends, which is great because I don't <laughs> have any. So imagine if every time you got a kill on uh, like Battlefront, you're playing you're playing some sweet Star Wars, you pew pew a dude. All of a sudden, reward time, prosciutto cannon. Right actually, in your mouth. fuck that because I actually want the prosciutto more than I'm good at. 
battlefield or battlefront. But how good so what, would you get if the Michael, only time you got prosciutto? Yeah, sure. But what if anytime you got headshotted by someone else, <laughs> if someone no scoped you, a catapult just laser beamed a ball of prosciutto at your head? And if you didn't catch it, it was like getting headshot twice in oh, a row. Two deaths. Yeah. And again, and that'll actually train you to be better at the video game because it's really going to work on your fast switch muscle reflexes and your hand-eye coordination. To put your head in the bullet. You got to actually keep your head on a swivel for real. You got to put your head in the bullet. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To get the prosciutto cannon. Yes. And then if you win the game, it just releases all the prosciutto into the air like a confetti, like prosciutto confetti. That does seem like a very good party for our dogs. Good thing I I have never won a game of a first person shooter in the last uh six years of my life. Mm. Nope. What a treat for both of us. I almost um, said when you get it when you get a kill in um uh battlegrounds, but I have not gotten a kill in battleground in like uh never. Yeah. I think maybe like twice in my entire life. That game is actually more fun to die in. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. All right. Well, Michael, I I'm actually not going to posit a conspiracy theory because I found a new wrinkle to our. The serial killer story I found um, <laughs> it was not great, but I do want to share just a delightful tidbit about our neighbors to the north. Okay, uh, America's hat, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Michael, you know, you know our our Supreme Court. Just a just a, a lot of pile. old people. Yeah. A lot of old people. Um, but you know, how would you describe the garb of the Supreme Court? Uh, it's like very regal. It's kind of like what what you would expect like uh based on um like graduations and stuff it's always like the professors and the deans wear like the long black robes so it's like very regal it's very kind of severe though right like it's it's i feel like it's the face of justice you know it's or death their death death also wear also wears black but yeah but like there's not a lot of room it's black because there's not a lot of room for anything but the law Mm, you know there's nothing coming in you know well, Michael, I want to share something with you. So apparently, Canada's Supreme Court just named a new Chief Justice uh, about, uh, yeah, last week, February 5th. Uh, oh, hey, Michael, by the way, happy Valentine's Day. Oh, hey, buddy. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. I meant to do that earlier. I forgot. You Aww. sweet devil. Um, so Justin Trudeau tweeted last week, um, officially welcoming Chief Justice Richard Wagner to the Supreme Court of Canada. Uh, He says, I'm confident we'll all benefit from his experience and knowledge as he leads Canada's highest court. And so where does he like insult somebody or like? Oh, he didn't because. um, Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. They don't do that other places. Because he's Justin Trudeau. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Michael, you know, typically justices around the world, like, you know, in America, we have the the nice black robes, maybe a a white frill collar. Mm -hmm. uh England, they have those cool, cool wigs. And, you know, following in that uh, kind of Western tradition, which, would you guess that Canada follows in those same footsteps? Well, I mean, I don't think they do the wigs because we have a friend who moved to Canada to be a lawyer. And he got so sick and tired of people asking him where his powdered wig was or where his white wig was that he just eventually just yelled at all of us. Oh, um, that's on him. On I mean, Facebook. Yeah. Um, but so I would guess that. They're probably not like English, so they'd probably be more like the United States. Okay, or yeah, I don't know what the French situation is, so maybe they're heavily, more heavily, uh, you know, influenced by that. Michael, I'm going to share a quick picture with you, and okay. uh, I want you to immediately share your reactions on not just Chief Justice Richard Wagner, but the entirety of the uh, the shown portion of the Canadian Supreme Court. <laughs> Now, now, now I see why you wanted to talk about Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, and am I, I sad that like they're just more I... like Mrs. Claus? Yeah. They have like the the robe, the red robe with the puffy. God, it is so. Was Santa Claus a justice? Was he was he a chief justice before Michael, he died? Uh, I I'm shocked you asked that question. It, <laughs> Santa Claus is actually. The chief arbiter of justice in this planet. Oh my he has, god. He has two rules. That's true. Are you not here nice? He is the chiefest justice there is. And his grim rule knows no bounds. All children under are under his jurisdiction. Is Santa Canadian? <gasps> he does live at the North Pole. He does live at the North Pole, which I think is claimed by a couple countries, including weirdly us, I think. 
Mm. I don't know how we get off saying that. But um, yeah, no, I mean, Santa's grim justice is like unassailable. You cannot. There's no appeals process. His rule <laughs> is final. That's true. From year to year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, these guys, first of all, he looks jolly as fuck. Can I say that? He's got a sick red and white velour like sash, big black belt, big red and white robe, huge white cuffs. He looks like he's a quarterback uh, in in the snow bowl. <laughs> yeah, I I whoa oh that's a nice frill. That is a uh, Guy Canavet, uh, sure French, Sup- French Supreme Court judge. Okay, so very much in the French tradition. Mm-hmm. Who the French were so? fancy well actually i didn't yeah i guess like now that you said it out loud we all kind of got it yeah Mm. but they do just look like fucking santa claus i found a website that's called judicial robes from around the world oh baby all right well let me let's uh apparently samuel alito jr said it has occurred to me that we american judges have the most boring robes of any judiciary around the world Believe it or not, there's a website for everything. There's a website. You can check this. (laughs) Thank you, Samuel Lito. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the first one on this site that I'm seeing is Canada, and this guy looks fresh to death. Yeah. A lot of countries seem to use the red. Which is weird, because blood and like red implies blood, which implies a miscarriage of justice. I, I mean, I do kind of appreciate the black robes for the reason I stated earlier. But um, yeah, a lot of the former British colonies have red velvet, but none of them have the red velvet with the white tufts that look like Santa Claus. There's like red and white, but it's like it's not just that it's red and white. It's the material of it. Yeah, it's it's real velour. Yeah, they they basically. They murdered Santa and stole his costume. So I'm learning, Michael, that in most countries of the world, justices wear black or at least very at least garments with some black trim or lining because uh, this dates back to 17th century England, where all the nation's judges attended the funeral of Queen Mary and they dressed in black as a sign of mourning because she was so beloved and they kept mourning for many years after. And then since they became a superpower, black robes became the de facto standard. Um huh. Oh, damn it, dude. Apparently, John Jay, our first chief justice, had some dope-ass red and black robes. Hold on. Let me drop <sighs> this on you. Man. He looks like a fucking Marvel superhero. One second. It's coming in hot. When I was in high school, uh, we had a a class, American government. Look at that clown. He looks so oh cool. Oh, my God. He looks majestic. So in our in our class, uh, the joke was always that if you didn't know the answer to one of the questions on the test, if you just wrote John Jay, you had like a one in three chance of being right. It was it's like her, it's Herbie Hancock. <laughs> uh, it was either John Jay or I think I think Robespierre or Voltaire was another good, good good choice if you didn't know the answer. I mean, I think those last two specifically have a. A country of origin that you yes can, you can play yes. in. It depend on it depended on on what the what the context was. Uh, for Britain, just write Cromwell. One of them. <laughs> It'll be one of them. All right, Michael. Well, uh, I'm gonna put more of this on the blog because this is just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, you have any any closing thoughts for us? We're uh, we're coming up on time. I have an FML for you then. If yes, you wanna... lay down. Please lay down me. Um, so I recently discovered that the F My Life website has a, uh, a spicy tab. Wait, the, uh, the daughter who found her mother's husband shaped penis dildo. I didn't say that well at all. That wasn't in the spicy category. <laughs> I don't know if it was in the spicy category. Cause I mean, like some of these are, are, I just read the, like the main page, but now I can just narrow it down to like spicy. Okay, nice. so we're about to get spicy up in here. Oh, good. Well, good. We, we've already talked about flaming hot Cheetos, so we should have flaming hot uh, FMLs. Today, while celebrating my birthday, my friends hired a few escorts to make the party more interesting. This was uh, a really that's... bad way to learn that my sister is a prostitute. FML. Oh. Um. Yeah, I am forced to ask the question: <laughs> Is there a good way to learn that? I As would a, imagine it's not whatever the good way might be. It's not when 
her and her friends come in to start dancing on you. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't really want to think about this too much, but like, no, I was going to be like, hopefully they paid her a lot so he can at least rest comfortably knowing that she's a like a high priced call girl. That's true. He said escorts and prostitute has a negative connotation to it. Mm hmm. So, I mean, that's not very nice. No. It also, this this one is also from Anchorage. Can you imagine? Like, I, I So it's from Anchorage, like, Alaska. So I'm, I am actually going to guess she was not that high priced. <laughs> I was going to say, you know how much work it must take to be a, anonymous, an anonymously an escort in Anchorage, Alaska? Well, just be an escort. Like, it's cold as fuck there. Mm-hmm. You can't dress that sexy. Yeah. How do you get people to like want you like sidle, sidle up next to someone? And you're like, hey, and you're dressed I mean, in like like 14 layers of fur. Michael, they have heaters in Alaska. I don't think they do. They don't. You don't think they have heat? No, in they they have to cut open a moose and live inside of that for six months out of the year when it's never light out. And I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you have some, some general misconceptions about Alaska. <laughs> That's what I've, I'm learning. Um, yeah, um, I'm just saying you always see the 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 call girls on the ladies of the night out on the street in the movies. You know they're in, all they're all wearing the, next to nothing out on the street. Sure, right? You can't get you can't get business like that in Anchorage. I am kind of just envisioning a woman with or or a man. Uh, you know, plying their sex trade out in the tundra with like an Iditarod husky like dog team, just kind of like scooting around town, just being like, "Hey, you down? No, all right, I'll keep going." <laughs> and I'm kind of into that. If it's just like a roving sex like caravan, so the sex workers drive to you in Anchorage yeah. instead of That's you right. having to drive to them. I mean, See, I was imagining like you go to pick you go to pick one up, and instead of like getting down to business in your car, you are driving the Iditarod dog sled, and you have to get down to business in your dog sled. Hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure it goes both ways. I've never visited the the fine state of Alaska. I mean, is it a nonstop sex party? Sure, probably, no doubt. Mm. Um, I don't know who's driving the dog sled in in any sexual encounter. Is that a all I know is that there is a dog sled involved in every single sexual encounter that takes place in Alaska. I don't know whether we're talking in euphemisms or not. I'm not. I'm there is a full mush team of puppies. <laughs> Who's Michael, driving your dog sled? The thing they don't tell you about Balto. <laughs> There's some deleted scenes on that DVD that are quite frankly, I, I don't know why they were ever put to paper. <laughs> I don't know what Balto is. Jesus Christ! How do you not know? Fucking is this a Balto? movie about? Is this a movie about dog sleds? It's about a movie about a hero, goddamn dog who ran through Alaska. Michael, him and his sled team, they they, they ran serum to Nome, Alaska, after a diphtheria outbreak. They delivered much needed medicine. Medicine. I can't talk. Medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Denizen. But uh, there was a 1995 movie about this amazing run through the snow. Oh. Look for at some that. reason, yeah, huh. Balto, <gasps> Kevin Bacon, oh, yeah. and and the uh, and Bob Hoskins, mm-hmm. wasn't yeah. he from um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Probably, Bridget he's Fonda? actually the one wow. who fucks. He's the one who fucks in the movie. It's pretty messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Bridget Fonda was in it too. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Phil Collins, Michael. It's a dynamite cast. Oh actually, my you know what? God. I bet it was Phil Collins who started the rumors about Rod Stewart. <laughs> oh. Oh, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. I get yeah, it now. I yeah. get it. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Man, we've been good about being gross on this show for a while. And then you let me drive the train and then it all it all went it all went to hell. Yeah, man. Couldn't hold the tides back. Ugh, gross. Um Are we done? <laughs> I think I think we are. I think we need to be. Um, all right. Well, Michael, this episode was a nightmare factory of horrors. <laughs> I had a great time and talking I didn't even, with you. I didn't even get to talk about the 12-inch dildo that a dad put in his son's luggage. You know, 
like your dad. What is it, fucking Logan Paul's dad? <laughs> Sounds like something he'd do. Um, well, if you like this show, God bless God you. Help you. <laughs> yeah, um, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. Um, we attempt to put up a blog post each week. Uh, I will be better about that moving forward. I will actually do my best to fulfill my New Year's resolution. But if you like the show, you can find out more information there. Um, you can also shoot us an email at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. Uh, we read every message we get. Uh, if you want us to read a message to a fellow listener on air, if you have a special announcement that you want to share, or if you just want to send us a story, um, hit us up at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. We uh, will uh, put it up on air, and uh, we'd love to hear from our fans. So uh, definitely hit us there. And, uh, Michael, how else can people help us out? Yeah, you can find us on all of your social medias at TILPcast on Twitter um, and Instagram. And then um, you can also find us there at Facebook as well or by searching Trends in Low Places. Um, If you do go to our site, uh, I mean our uh, social media sites, please give us a like, um, a thumbs up, a favorite. um, All the good stuff. All all the good ones uh, or or a comment. Um, And also... If you would please give us a review uh, on iTunes or Podbean or whatever podcast site you use, search for us at Trends in Low Places and please give us a review. Um, that's kind of how we move up all of the, you know, best podcast uh, charts. And that's how other people find us. Which we are just knocking on the door of, you know, <laughs> just like, just right, like they were so close. Yeah, right on the cusp of glory. Yeah, I can't. I mean, like we just need we just need you to just. Mm, give us a little nudge over the edge. Um, I forgot what else I was supposed to say. That's it. Well, uh, yeah, and also uh, I forgot to mention, uh, we do another show with our friend Curtis uh, called The Longest Days of Our Lives where we watch every single episode of the hit show 24 uh, and we break it down minute by minute and uh, pretty much just make fun of all the the good, good murder that Jack Bauer does. Um we, uh, we missed last week after coming back, but uh, we'll have another episode up this week. So if you like this show, you will almost certainly like that show. And uh, especially, yeah, especially if you like... You... Sorry, go ahead. Ooh. Go ahead. Especially if you liked uh, Curtis's guest appearance last week. Because that's basically the entire show, except we kind of talk about 24. Um, but Kush tries to keep us on track, and, and he fails miserably all and the time. And it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, you two dummies... Actually, can I say, I'm shocked that Curtis didn't bring up the fact that Tom Hanks was cast as Mr. Rogers. <laughs> he's probably saving that one. I, I, I assume he's going to, but but still. But still. All right. So, yeah, if you like this show, you'll almost certainly like that one. It's really just uh, the same brand of humor. And uh, we've had plenty of people tell us that they love that show, even though they've never seen a single episode of 24. So even if you've never watched uh, Kiefer Sutherland's just massive murder riot, uh, yeah. Give that a listen. You'll probably like it. Uh, so, Michael, do you have any uh, closing thoughts for me? I have a few Valentines for you. Oh, yeah. Let's be sweet. Lay one on me, even though it's the day after Valentine's Day. I fell in love the first moment I saw you. I'd be with you all the time, if only I could. You make me feel so finger-looking good. It was time spelled like the, the, the herb there? It wasn't. That's a shame. Mm. That's a that's a Are missed these, opportunity. Hold on a second. <laughs> I've just done the math. Are these KFC Valentines? Yeah, uh, it's from an article about KFC selling fried chicken scented cards for Valentine's Day. <laughs> what a world we live in. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, it's been lovely talking with you. Love you, buddy. Love you too. Toodles. <laughs> <laughs>